Let's hear it for Friendly Physics. Learning by listening. First, a word from our sponsor. Today's episode is presented by Early Bird. Early Bird is the simplest way for parents, family, and friends to collectively invest in a child's financial future, starting at the earliest age. Early Bird's mobile app empowers parents and families to start saving for their child's financial future in a matter of minutes, while activating a child's broader community to gift contributions on birthdays, holidays, or any other occasion. We're teaming up with Early Bird to give our listeners a free $15 investment to give to a child you love. Simply go to partners.getearlybird.io slash podcast or the link in our show notes. Download the app and create an account today. Early Bird, build the nest and invest in the children you love. Remember when we talked about that stomp rocket? You step in a launch pad and up they go into the air. An important thing to keep in mind today as we discuss upward vertical motion. We are talking about objects launching straight up into the air. Ideally, without wind or disproportionate weight or any other factors, an object launched upward from the ground would move in a straight line up. That is the type of motion we are dealing with here. Just like when an object falls, there are some things that we know about objects launching up. We use the same formulas, those kinematic formulas, And I'll repeat them again. Y equals Y naught plus V naught T plus one half A T squared. Position equals initial position plus initial velocity times time plus one half A T squared. The other one says velocity equals initial velocity plus at, initial velocity plus acceleration times time. And then there are the things that we know. First, we know that a equals negative 9.8. The object is accelerating down, even if it is moving up. Last episode, we went back to our track runner analogy And imagine that the track runner is running. They're still getting further from the starting point. But as they run, they're going slower and slower until they stop. Negative acceleration. That is the same idea with the rocket. The rocket is getting further and further from the ground, going up. But it's slowing down as it does until eventually it stops. And that actually brings me to the second thing that we know about upward vertical motion. Eventually the object hits its peak height, its maximum height. It's not going to go higher. When the object reaches its maximum height, the velocity of the object is zero meters per second. It has stopped moving. This is useful information. If I said, say, a rocket blasts off, starting with a velocity of 
43 meters per second. Then asked, how long does it take for the rocket to reach its peak? I'm really asking, how long does it take until the velocity is zero? Meaning that you could use your second easy nice formula that says velocity equals V naught plus AT. You know that you need the time. I'm asking how long. So that T is what we're gonna solve for at the end. You have the initial velocity from the problem, V naught equals 343. And you know that V equals zero because we are talking about the peak and at the end of its motion, the rocket's velocity is zero. So now you're able to replace those variables with their values. You end up with the equation zero equals 343 plus negative 9.8 times t. You solve for t and you end up with 343 divided by 9.8, so 35 seconds. The rocket reaches its peak in 35 seconds. If you were to throw a ball up into the air, you would see, maybe in slow motion, that the ball goes straight up, but eventually it stops. Right before it falls down, it is entirely still. Do you think you'd be able to calculate how high the peak is? Here is the third and final thing that we know. When we are talking about an object launching upward from the ground, the object's initial position is zero. Why not equals zero. This is similar to the way that when an object is falling and hits the ground at the end, the final position is zero. Y sub f equals zero. And with that knowledge, it is easy to calculate the height of the rocket's motion. We are asking about the rocket's final position. We want to know how high the peak is, and the peak happens at the end of its motion. So we are going to use the formula that says final position equals initial position plus v naught t plus one half a t squared. And we have know or need all those variables. We have the information that the initial velocity is 343 meters per second. V naught equals 343. We also have the time. The time is 35 seconds because we calculated and that's how long it takes to reach the peak. We know that the initial position y naught equals zero, and a equals negative 9.8 meters per second squared. That leaves us with y sub f, final position, which conveniently is what we need to solve for here. Replace the variables with their values, and we calculate zero plus 343 times 35 plus one half times negative 9.8 times 35 squared to get about 6,000 meters. Of course, 
There are other kinematic formulas in a variety of arrangements that you could use to calculate the height and time as well. However, if you are able to identify the position and velocity of objects at a few distinct locations, on the ground or at the peak, these two formulas will do it all for you. Before we go, I want to point out one last thing about this type of motion. It's one of the reasons we've been using the stomp rocket as an example instead of a real rocket. When an object launches up and we use these formulas, it is important that the object only receives one burst of motion pushing it up. A rocket with an engine is applying force and has its own acceleration as it's in the air. We can calculate that type of movement, but we would need more than just these formulas and information. Some other good examples of this launching motion would be something like shooting an arrow up into the air. The arrow only receives a force when it leaves the bow. Other than that, it is entirely the arrow versus gravity. A ball being tossed straight up only receives that starting motion from your hand as you throw it. Next week, we're going to talk about objects after they hit their peak and start to set ourselves up to talk about projectile motion. What happens when we add a horizontal component to motion?